It's another episode of Zone of Truth, a glimpse behind the curtain of making pot rod. Grab your cups, settle in, because we're bringing the tea. Hey, everybody. We're back, and we're doing something different. Like always. So, we finally caught up to ourselves. Yeah! Um, Felt like it was almost never going to happen. But... We've officially caught up where now when we are recording our sessions, we are recording our reactions right after. But Mm -hmm. a lot of those times we split the sessions up into about two episodes. So that means we have one less zone of truth per episode. So this time we are going to do something that isn't a reaction. So if you guys are here for a reaction to the last episode i am sorry you're going to have to wait another week yes <laughs> keep you coming back mm-hmm. but we are still going to do something that i think we're both excited about we certainly are so uh without kind of further ado we have decided to make some random characters they aren't random in the way that we created our characters for the podcast. They are random in that we used a random uh, phrase as a character prompt for our character creation. And then we're going to see where Sam took his characters, where I took my characters using the same prompt. And then after we go through them, we're going to post them on Instagram and give you guys access to the character sheet. So if you decide you want to pull from that for your next character for a one shot or a campaign. You can. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right. I think I want you to go first. Okay. First, oh, oh, before I actually before, start, yeah. we have to actually tell you guys what the phrase was. Yeah. So you may might have seen it if you uh, are following us on Instagram. And if but- you're not, you should. You should join party of two. Thank you very much. So our prompt was whispers from the shadows. Let's see the character. The first character I made. Ooh, do I want to go with the one that I think you're going to be like, I knew you were going to do that character. Or do I want to do the one that I think you aren't expecting? Mm, Let's do the ones that I think we aren't expecting. Okay, so then we are going to start with Senka. 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 Senka is an Air Genasi. Ooh. And she is a Way of Shadow monk. Okay. Historically, the reason why I say I don't think you would expect a monk from me is a lot of my characters are casters. Mm-hmm. Less so with the monks. So that's why I wanted to start with her. Let's see, what fun things. I am not 100% sure how to talk about Senka because I don't have backgrounds. Sam made full on backgrounds for his characters. I even I did AI art. I have AI art, but I, I did not go with backgrounds. Backstory. Um, yes, sorry. I have backgrounds, not backstory. Let's see. Things that are fun for Way of Shadow Monks. That's what we can start with. So they have the typical monk things. 
with martial arts, unarmored defense, dedicated weapons, key, flurry of blows, patient defense, step of the wind, key fueled attacks, all of that. Samesies. The special stuff is shadow arts, where you gain the minor illusion cantrip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can actually do some spell casting as this kind of a monk, which I didn't realize when I picked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Just speaking to the, like, I usually do casters. I didn't pick this one because of the casting. It's just like a fun side effect, but you can use your pool of key points to spell cast. So on the spell slot list on D and D beyond, the spells are there, but there's no slot boxes because it's all just based on what key you are willing to spend. Okay. So, as an action, you can spend two key points, and the spells that I, she can cast are Darkness, Dark Vision, Pass Without a Trace, and Silence. And for her background... I put that she is an urban bounty hunter. Okay. Which has the feature of ear to the ground. You are in frequent contact with people in the segment of society that your chosen quarries move through. These people might be associated with the criminal underworld, the rough and tumble folk of the streets, or members of high society. This connection comes in the form of contact, um, a contact in a city you visit, a person who provides information about the people, places of the local area. Personality traits. I am always calm, no matter what the situation. I never raise my voice or let my emotions control me. I'm incredibly slow to trust. Those who seem the fairest often have the most to hide. Her ideals are people. I'm loyal to my friends, not to any ideals, and everyone else can kick Take a trip down the river sticks for all I care, which is neutral. Uh, bonds, something important was taken from me, and I aim to steal it back. And flaws, an innocent person is in prison for a crime that I committed. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yes. And then as for her picture... That feels like a weird thing to describe because I didn't write it out, but she has kind of a rich hue blue skin with short, shaggy, light blue hair. Her eyes are kind of golden and her outfit is kind of um, like black and gold. That's kind of all I have for her. Cool. But that is Senka, my, my first character. My names are also just either Whisper or Shadow in a different language, so. (laughs) That's fun. I didn't think of that. I just came up with different types of names. Let's hear yours. Okay. So uh, one thing she did not mention is that these characters are built at level three, so you get all the fun stuff. Because honestly, who plays level one? True. Yeah. Level one is an is a pretty rough start when you're actually starting, but especially if you're having a theme like this, you don't get any cool shadow or whisper stuff. 
before you hit level three. There's very few classes where you get stuff at like an earlier level. I know wizard, you get it at two. And I think druid, you get some stuff at two. I think that's when okay. you get your circle. But yeah. a lot of the other stuff is level three. So yeah. So we chose level three just yeah. to make it easy. All right. So let's jump into mine. My character's name is Amber. Now, how should we do this? Should I give you her, like, the lowdown first? Or do you want the backstory and then the lowdown? Um, why don't you go ahead and start with the backstory? Okay. Can do. Uh, so her name is Amber. Uh, Amber was born into a life of hardship in a poverty-stricken district of a sprawling city. Her mother, a seamstress, struggled to make ends meet and care for Amber and her younger brother, Ethan. Amber's father was a petty criminal, uh, was mostly absent for their lives and consumed by his own misdeeds and vices. Amber's quick wits and natural agility served her well in the unforgiving streets. She became adept at picking pockets and honed her skills as a thief to help support her family. She joined a local thieves guild and quickly gained a reputation for her calm demeanor and fearlessness in the face of danger. The guild master, an enigmatic figure known as the Whisper, took a particular interest in Amber, training her in the ways of the Soul Knife, a rare and powerful psychic ability that allowed her to manifest blades of psychic energy. Amber found a sense of belonging with the criminal underworld, and she grew particularly close with another guild member named Lyra. The two women shared a deep bond and often worked together on missions for the guild. Amber adopted the criminal persona of the Silent Shadow, using her soul knife abilities to infiltrate high-security locations and seal valuable goods. Amber's life took a tragic turn when a heist went awry. Lyra, who had recently become a mother, was caught by the city guard, and Amber made a difficult decision to abandon her to ensure her own escape. Riddled with guilt, Amber swore to atone for her mistakes by taking care of Lyra's young son, Finn, and ensuring that he would never suffer the same fate. Now a master of stealth and deception, Amber operates as a spy and thief for hire, using her skills to undermine corrupt nobles and redistribute wealth to those in need. Despite her criminal background, she adheres to a strict moral code, stealing only from those who can afford to lose their riches, using her ill-gotten gains to help those less fortunate. But Amber's past is never far behind as she works to protect Finn, provide for her family. She must contend with the machinations of her former guild and the city ever-present criminal element. And though she has sworn off making plans, she can't help but dream of the day when she can make amends for her past mistakes and find redemption for herself and those she loves. Okay. You're welcome. All right. So Amber is a level three. Uh, her race is Astral Elf. Uh, I thought that was a good way of adding a little bit extra of a um, an oomph and making her a bit different. I chose the Soul Knife because I thought that would be a fun little one with the, the whole whispers and the rogue. So she's always in the shadows. Um, with this whole... Um, soul knife like ability she has psychic blades which she can attack with 
So she can use them as ranged attacks, which is kind of fun. Something different. For her attack actions, she's got a psychic power, which is psychic whispers. And uh, it's basically you can choose up to two creatures that you can see. And then you roll a psychic energy die. And for a number of hours equal to that, the chosen character can speak telepathically with you. So that's kind of a fun little extra thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then whenever she makes an attack action, she can manifest the psychic blades in her free hand and make an attack with it. A simple weapon with finesse, throw, and range. And then on hit, it deals an extra 1 die 6 plus 3. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. What else? So she can expend her, or she can regain one of her expended psychic energy dies by itself. So, like, if you spend all of it, you have um, psychic recovery, so you can get one back. And then you get a bonus attack with your psychic blades. So that's kind of nice. And then because I chose Astro Elf, she has Starlight Step, which is kind of like Misty Step, and she can do it twice. Nice. So quite fun. And then she can bolster her attacks uh, with her psychic ability to add a one die six to it. So I felt that that was kind of cool. And then as for her like power, I chose Sacred Flame because I thought, you know, why not? Makes sense. Uh, let's see here. Features and traits for her. I chose steady aim and she basically knows Elvish. Let's see. What else? Oh, uh, with her astral trance, um, I gave her stealth as her skill that she learned and then Mm -hmm. jeweler's tools because I thought that would make a lot of sense. Um, To describe her a little bit, she's got red hair. Um, like a deep red hair, not like really bright and vibrant. She's got like honey colored eyes, younger. Uh, she has longer hair, but she twists it up into like a, a bun, but she also has a ponytail that hangs out. Um, she has a, oh, like I guess a leather outfit, I would say. And it is kind of a mix of browns and greens and golds with a little bit of armor detailing on it. So I think that works out quite well for her one of the kind of cool things about her is i broke down everything so like when you get it you'll have organizations already allies already enemies that all roll into her backstory as well as a few extra little tidbits of information like she has a tattoo of a serpent coils around a dagger on her left arm marking her as a former member of the silent serpents Thieves Guild. She carries around a finely crafted, uh, a set of finely crafted lockpicks that were a gift from Lyra, and that is considered her most prized possession. In her like travels and whatnot, she ended up rescuing a um, cat from the streets, and the cat is now her loyal companion, and its name is Shadow. And then she maintains an extra secret hideout within the city that is an old abandoned watchtower where she stores all of the stolen goods that she has and where she can rest in case like it's a safe house, basically. She does have a soft spot for street performers, and she often tosses them a few coins uh, from her lightest heist, usually. And that just brings her back to remembering her own difficult upbringing in the city. And then she has a collection of rare and valuable books and psionics and soul knives, which she studies in her spare time to develop her abilities. And she's fluent in thieves can't. So that's a fun one. And then her favorite 
weapon besides her soul knife is a silver dagger that she keeps hidden in her boot for emergencies. Always need a boot knife. Yep, yep. Her personality traits are almost exactly like your characters, Natasha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the best way to get to me is to is to do something, is to tell me I can't do it. And then she's, I'm always calm no matter what the situation. I never raise my voice or let my emotions control me. Her ideals are charity. She steals from the wealthy uh, so that she can help people in need. Her bonds is someone I love suffered because of a mistake I made. That'll never happen again. And then flaws. Uh, there's a plan. I'll forget it. If I don't forget it, I'll ignore it. I debated. I almost picked that for Senka, but then I was like, no, I think Senka is much more calm and collected than I usually play my characters to be. Even when I'm trying to have my characters be calm and collected, they're not. You end up stabbing somebody. Yeah, yeah. I just I do stupid stuff in the game because it's more fun for everybody. But yeah, so I almost picked that for Senka too. So I'm quite proud of Amber and how she came along. And um, if this is something everybody's interested in, I will gladly like write up a like role play guide for all these characters to go with their backstory and stuff. So you have like a list of like when you're going through and role playing that way you can start forming it out when you first come in and then change things as needed. Cause I found that it was really helpful with um, my new character in our Sunday game. I have a gigantic book of things to help me stay on task for role playing. I'm not going to do that shit. So if you want that stuff, it's got to be for Sam's characters. Just going to let you know right now. <laughs> Liar. You are such a nerd. You'll end up doing it. Um, I am a nerd, but I have a very different approach, I think, to characters and and stuff than you do. Um, I love that you have found something that works very well for you. For me, I think that would be overkill. Anytime I have prepared even a fraction of that much for a character, it all goes out the window in 10 minutes. So I'm just not doing that shit anymore. <laughs> all right. Ready for the next character. Yes. Now... I already told Sam this before we started recording. I did three because I wasn't sure if we were going to have duplicates because we've told you guys a bunch of times that we share a brain and I don't know which one to pick now. I'm only going to tell you about two. It's my whole plan is just to tell you about two of them. And I'm trying to debate which one. Cause the one I was planning on has some things in common with Amber and I don't want it to be very boring. So I guess I might go with the other one. But if your other one is exactly like my second one, wouldn't that be boring too? I know. That's why I'm like, oh, I don't know which one to go with. <laughs> I still want it to be a surprise for each other. Otherwise, I'd say, well, we'll just ask and say right now and we'll cut this part out of the episode and then I'll know which one to go with. But part of me is like, no, surprise Sam with what the characters are. So maybe I will end up reading all three. Who knows? I'm just going to pick one. And then okay, you do you. And then if yours is very similar, um, I will read the third and we'll just go from there. Okay. I think you aren't likely to have this one. You might have the other one. Okay. Can I make a prediction about what I think your next one is? Sure. I think you have a bard. You are incorrect. Okay. Okay. I don't have a bard, but I specifically stayed away from bard. 
if you all are screaming at the podcast and saying, why the fuck don't you have a college of whispers, whispers, barred for your whispers and shadows? Um, I looked at it. I saw it. And then I thought Sam would take it. So I moved past. <laughs> um, I thought we would probably gravitate towards an aberrant mind sorcerer. So I stayed away from that. I have played an aberrant mind sorcerer. So to me, they are more psychic than anything else. So that one was never really an option for me. But what was an option, nice transition, was a uh, shadow magic sorcerer. Okay. Okay. So this is Ina. And Ina is... This is not going to be very shocking for Sam. She looks wise is kind of similar to a character I have as right now as well. But that's um, you'll see why she's got very pale skin and uh, kind of white platinum blonde hair. Um, she does wear relatively heavy eye makeup and the eye makeup stands out as even darker and gives her almost a sinister ish look that isn't necessarily who she is. It just kind of, is the look that it gives her. And she Oh my god, you made her goth. She's not exactly goth. It just is very easy given what she is. Um so it's been a long time since I played a sorcerer and this hurt me to look at. Her AC is 12 and it just I it's been so long. I've played some characters that can wear some leather armor, some level of armor. So now Seeing that, I'm like, oof, oof, that is rough. Ugh, don't love it. Right, but if you take mage armor, then you would get 13 plus your dexterity. I know, and her dex is plus two. Um, one of my spells is mage armor. I debated for a while, because I really also like shield. So I was debating which one I wanted to go with. Because I know that if this was a character I was actively playing, the next level up is an ability um, or feat. And you would have took feet and you would have took armor shadows. Yes, 100%. Because then mage armor doesn't cost you a spell slot. You can cast it at will. And then I just sort of, this character obviously is constantly making sure they're armored. Um, and then I would have just taken shield and moved on with life but i realize that is not how the rest of you probably play your sorcerers <laughs> or if you have uh, a game where you aren't necessarily doing feats as much i think a lot of people really like just changing the ability scores i very much enjoy feats not everybody likes that in the game so really um i the big this debate for everyone is giving people a feat at level one because they want your character to be special and unique. And it is such a big thing that they're changing the rules and going to add it into the rules. Well, I'm not saying people don't like feats. I think feats are really great and they help a character so much. I think it comes down to feats are very cool, but do you want to not ever get better at dexterity or the things you're bad at oh. based on your original roles having to do that like one or the other i think is sometimes a hard pick for people i honestly think they should let you do both yeah that's why i gravitate towards like um like the fey touched ones as well you get a lot of extra magic for that plus one additional point 
to one of your ability scores. So I like those a lot because you aren't fully giving up an improvement in your abilities, but it's not the same as being able to bump one of those skills up an entire level. So anyway, sorry, back to Ina. Okay, I buried the lead on purpose. Ina looks the way she does because she is a changeling. She speaks celestial, common, elvish, and infernal. I always have a struggle knowing what languages to give a character. So this is kind of my, if I have a bunch of languages, this will always be the four that I pick because common and elvish are the most frequently spoken. And maybe it's, it's an exaggeration to say they're the ones I will always pick, but celestial and infernal in my head, at least are two opposite ends of a spectrum where you're going to be able to understand a lot of talkings of beings that might think you aren't able to understand them. Unless you're playing our Sunday game and then everybody speaks goblin and no one knows goblin. Yeah. That's why I was like, well, maybe I would <laughs> take some depending on a different setting, but those are kind of my go-tos when I don't know what the world is going to have in it. I don't know if that helps anybody else out. It probably isn't that great of advice, but it's what I go with. So because Ina is a shapeshifter, she has the shape changer action so she can change her appearance as an action and i think that is super great i haven't actually played a changeling in a game yet but i think that they're really cool she also has sorcery points because of the sorcerer and for her meta magic choices i picked distant spell so that one sorcery point will double the range and I picked Subtle Spell, um, one sorcery point. You can cast without any verbal or somatic components, which I think ties in well with the shadows and whispers of not verbally casting a spell, being very sneaky about it, mm -hmm. which is kind of the way I wanted her to go. She also has Strength of the Grave. So when damage that isn't radiant or from a critical hit reduces you to zero, you can make a charisma saving throw and the DC is five plus the amount of damage you took. On a success, you drop to one and you can do that once per long rest. So you're a little harder to kill. She has dark vision for 120 feet. I think those are most of the features. As for her spells, her cantrips are firebolt which doesn't really fit very well with the, the theme that we were going with, but I wanted to make sure I had some damaging cantrips because I have definitely hung myself up to dry with that, with characters in the past, where you don't have something that does damage as a cantrip and then you just feel like you can't do anything for most yep. of a fight, and that sucks. Honestly, they should change it up where you get more cantrips in the beginning. So you can do like you get maybe like two damage cantrips and then two utilities and then going forward, you can choose what you want. Yeah. Or one in one. Thankfully, with this one, I got four cantrips to start with and I did do a two, a two, two split. So firebolt and then my other damage cantrip is a mind sliver. And then my two utility ones are mage hand and message for spells. I picked. Chromatic Orb, 
I like that you can pick the type of damage on this one. I'm not historically a huge fan of spells that you have to make ranged attacks on, mostly because I really suck at rolling dice. That's the main reason. It doesn't matter how good my plus to attack is. I feel like I just biff it every time. But I like that about this. I have a real chip on my shoulder about Chaos Bolt. It can be really fun, but it's a lot of like managing your dice, seeing the numbers on the dice to figure out what damage you can do. And I just chromatic orb feels better. I like Chaos Bolt. That's the one where I ended up doing like 32 damage. You did a ton of damage that time, but you managed to do, I think also you had a really good experience with chaos bolt i had a really bad one oh where you got like lightning or thunder or whatever damage and we were in water so it was really great and the time that i had chaos bolt as a different character i ended up rolling two things that the creature was either resistant or immune to so it didn't do anything or it did very little either way where i was like oh all of that and uh, I got nothing. <laughs> well, that's also why I take the uh, metamagic feat or metamagic ability to change the uh, whatever the hell it's called. The damage type. The transmutation. Yeah. I have that as a wizard right now, and it's pretty cool to do that. But with chromatic orb, you can basically do that right from the start. There's no rolling of the dice. You just say when you cast it what you're doing. The damage is. Then the other first level spell I have is Mage Armor. Then Darkness is a given spell. The other two I took were Detect Thoughts, which works very well for somebody who's keeping in the shadows because you can read minds without them knowing you're digging in there. And the other one, which is why I almost didn't talk about Ina, is uh, Shadow Blade. When <laughs> 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 you're like, Shadow Blight, I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> I also have that. <laughs> Background is, this is just such a duh, based on who she is. Faceless is <laughs> her background, <laughs> where it's basically a whole big blurb about changing your identity, and you aren't the person that you used to be. And I... She's a changeling, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Personality traits. I treasure a memento of the person or instance that set me upon my path. And I sleep just as much as I need to and on an unusual schedule. Her ideals are confusion. Deception is a weapon. Strike from where your foes won't expect. Just chaos. Love me some chaos. And bonds are, I do everything for those who were taken from me. And flaws, I overexert myself, sometimes needing to recuperate for a day or more. Which I think goes hand in hand with the not having a regular sleep schedule. The vision I have for Ina is that she's very in the shadows, kind of living on an edge. And kind of just running herself ragged because she doesn't feel like she deserves better. That's depressing. Yeah, well, D&D characters aren't usually uh, light and fluffy. I mean, they can be, but there's usually some deep-rooted trauma in there. Remember, kids, you don't always have to have a D&D character with 
rooted trauma. You don't have to, but also, if you don't give your character some trauma, your DM might. That's true. Like, if you have a pet, expect it to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you better be very protective over that. Okay, Sam, what's your next one? All right. Well, my next character, his name is Jareth. Is he a Jareth- goblin king? No, he's not a goblin king. But I got the name because of that. Uh, Jareth was always a precocious child, born to a pair of well-respected archaeologists who specialized in uncovering the secrets of ancient civilizations. His parents, Dr. Helena and Dr. Elias, often brought young Jareth along uh, on their expeditions, sparking his love for puzzles, mysteries, and the thrill of discovery. Despite his young age, Jareth had a uncanny ability to piece together the intricate histories of lost cultures, quickly becoming a valuable asset to his parents' archaeological archaeological team. Tragedy stuck struck Jesus. Tragedy struck during a expedition to a recently unearthed temple dedicated to an agmatic entity known as the Great Old One. While the team was deep within the temple's bowels, an unexpected cave in sealed their fate, claiming the lives of Jairus' parents and the rest of the crew. Trapped and alone in the dark, the 11-year-old boy fought to stay alive, refusing to give up despite overwhelming odds. As the days dragged on and Jairus' hope began to wane, he discovered an ancient tome hidden within the rubble. The book seemed to call out to him, whispering promises of power and freedom in exchange for his loyalty. Desperate for a way out and driven by his innate curiosity, Jareth agreed to the pack with the Great Old One, unlocking eldritch secrets of the tome and becoming a warlock. The newfound power granted to Jareth by his patron allowed him to escape the temple, but he was forever changed by the experience. Driven by a desire to bring his deceased parents back to life and to unlock the secrets of immortality, He embraced his chaotic nature and pursued his passion for archaeology with relentless fervor. I can't talk today. (laughs) Armored with his warlock powers and the mysterious tome, Jareth began to explore dungeons and ancient ruins, always seeking the next great mystery to unravel. Jareth's obsession with uncovering the secrets of eternal life and resurrection has led him down a dangerous path. He regularly delves into forbidden knowledge and dark magics drawing the attention of unsavory characters and powerful entities who would seek to exploit his abilities for their own ends. In the process, Jareth has become somewhat reckless and impatient, growing increasingly restless when not engaged in his archaeological pursuits. Despite the inherent risk of his chosen path, Jareth remains unwavering in his quest. He refuses to give up, driven by a deep-seated desire to restore his parents to life and discover the ultimate truth of existence. Only time will tell if Jairus' pack with the Great Old One will ultimately lead him to the answers he seeks or doom him to a fate worse than death. So, Jareth is a 11-year-old boy. Okay. He is a, a mark of the making human, and he's a warlock. His patron is the Great Old One. No, that's just the like the idea that I got. Um, or the, like the patron that I chose, but I, in my mind, I'm envisioning like a like a, a shadow 
creature behind him or like the boogeyman or something that hides in like under beds or in closets, but that's who's talking to him and coercing him into doing things. Okay. The whole time, by the way, with his backstory, the only thing I could picture, and I'm not 100% sure why, was Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. <laughs> yep. Um, so Jareth is a, a young boy. Um, he His book is uh, black leather bound. He has uh, black shaggy hair, uh, blue eyes, and he's always like well-dressed with clothes that are just a little too big for him. So you can grow into them. And he is a pact of the tome so that he can get some extra abilities. Um, I gave him for his Eldritch invocations, uh, mage armor. So the armor of shadows. So he can do that at will because his armor class is 11 normally. And then I gave him. (laughs) Yep. And then I gave him eyes of the rune keeper because I figured with him being an archaeologist, reading all writing would be a big deal. So he is a pact of the tome. So he has the Book of Shadows that he carries around and can never really lose. The cantrips that I gave him with the Pact of the Tome were Eldritch Blast, Mage Hand, and Told the Dead, which I thought was fun. And um, his maker's gift is he's a uh, Mark of the Making Human. He has cartographer tools because I figured he'd be mapping. Mm -hmm. And then he gets special spells because of that. Um, His personality or his... uh, Background is archaeologist, so he has historical knowledge. Uh, When you enter a ruin or a dungeon, you can correctly ascertain its original purpose, determine its builders, and whether they were dwarves, elves, humans, uh, yantai, or some other known race. In addition, you can determine the monetary value of art objects more than a century old. Nice. Yep. Um, His personality traits are, I love a good puzzle or mystery. I might fail, but I will never give up. Ideals, immortality. Uh, all my exploring is part of my plan to find the secret of everlasting life. Bonds, I miss my parents deeply and I want to make them proud. And his flaws are, uh, when I'm not exploring dungeons or ruins, I get jittery and impatient. And just like the other one, you ha- he has a, uh, organizations, allies, and enemies, um, as well as notable things. Uh, Jareth wears a locket containing a portrait of his parents, which he cherishes as a reminder of his bond and his mission to bring them back to life. Uh, He carries a well-worn journal filled with notes and sketches and maps from his expeditions, for which he frequently consults to aid in his research. He has an uncanny knack for solving puzzles and deciphering ancient scripts, often surprising even seasoned scholars with his insight. He has a collection of rare artifacts and relics from various civilizations which he hopes will one day hold the key to resurrecting his parents he's skilled in the use of several languages both modern and ancient which he's picked up during his expeditions and studies he's adept at using various tools and equipment needed for archaeological digs like climbing gear excavation tools and navigational instruments Um, he has a fondness for exotic foods and is always eager to try new dishes from various cultures he encounters in his travels And then, despite his young age, he possesses a strong sense of intuition and can often sense when danger is nearby, likely due to his connection with a great old one. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was a fun little thing. I think he is my favorite of your two. Yeah, I uh, wanted to do something out of my 
out of the box. And I've always wanted to play like a little kid character. So I was like, why not? Um, I just got to get out of my comfort zone and pick a different like race than I normally pick because it's usually human or half elf. I did with all of this. I was like, I'm interested to see what sort of races you were going to bring. I thought that they would probably be a lot of half elf human situations. I also thought it was going to be a bard and a warlock. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely did a warlock. Mm -hmm. I figured it fit. And um, I used the, the the whisper in the shadows as part of his backstory. Very nice. We don't have to talk about my third one. We didn't have repeatsies. Yeah, yeah. But what are you going to do with your third one then? I don't know. She's just there. Can't really save it for another episode because if we, if we do this thing. again, it's going to be a different prompt. It is true. And I honestly don't know that I would play her anytime soon either so i don't need to just sort of let her sit here okay i'll give you a quick rundown on sasuri she is a mark of shadow elf and this is a druid (laughs) um she is a circle of dreams druid okay i won't go as in-depth as i did on ina see i'm not used to having i've played druids several times but every time i have they have a special wild shape ability so i haven't actually had my druids turn into animals like ever so she doesn't have any of those special ones so she would actually be turning into animals which i do like but part of the circle of dreams is the balm of the summer court where she has a fey energy pool so she can use that um the die from that pool for healing um for one creature you can see within 120 feet which is a pretty big distance it's only 3d6 total for the pool of energy she has but even if it's just one hp being able to throw that at somebody that's 120 feet away rocks yeah and She's got cunning intuition. When you make a charisma or dexterity check, you can roll a d4 and add that. And she has shape shadows where, you know, the minor illusion cantrip. And starting at third level, you can cast invisibility once per long rest with no spell slot. And charisma is the casting for those. Um, And then there's also special spells for spells of the mark her cantrips are minor illusion poison spray and produce flame she's a druid so she can pick her stuff every day but the ones i picked for this were fog cloud thunder wave darkness heat metal invisibility and pass without a trace her background i said that she is a hermit i thought that fit pretty well with a druid you could probably be in like a conclave or whatever with a bunch of other druids but i think Mm -hmm. a lot of them are pretty solitary so she's one of the solitary ones and her personality traits are i feel tremendous empathy for all who suffer and i often get lost in my own thoughts and contemplation becoming oblivious to my surroundings her ideals are free thinking inquiry and curiosity are the pillars of progress bonds i entered seclusion 
to hide from the ones who might still be hunting me. I must someday confront them. Ooh. And flaws, I like keeping secrets and won't share them with anyone. So she's got kind of a mysterious past, but I didn't really um, delve into what that is. So <laughs> I just thought it was more fun to make her mysterious. I do like a mysterious character. Those are always the funnest. Mm -hmm. And she has a wild companion that she can summon, uh, which is Umbra, who is a black cat. And then her wild shapes of choice are the panther and then a wolf and a giant weasel. She also has fox and deer on her list, but... Um, I think Panther is probably the one she would do the most. Yeah, I do like the, the Panther one. That is kind of fun. Yeah. So I don't have any reason to use her anytime soon. But that is... Until one of our characters dies. That's true. But she's there. Um, I probably wouldn't want to play her if anybody died anyway. She is, she's got things that are very fun. But I have played druids before and have another active druid character. So I would want to pick something different. I am a little sad. I didn't make, I had, I went through like every class and uh, race to try and figure out what I wanted to do for these. And I'm a little sad. I didn't also make a tabaxi gloomstalker ranger. But that was also on my list. That actually would be kind of fun. Yeah, and it would be, I haven't been a tabaxi and I haven't been a ranger, so that one would have been much more possible for future play. Okay, well, I think that is pretty much it. We, uh, we've gone through some characters mm -hmm. and we really had just a couple words to work with. Mm -hmm. or who they were going to be a little bit of overlap because of because of that but not a lot just like no i was expecting a lot character more traits was kind of it so character traits in one spell like that's not bad at all no not bad at all yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that and let us know yes. if this is something you would like to see more of we might do more of this maybe we'll throw in an episode of just going through other discussion topics maybe we'll do this again not sure we'll find out yeah we will actually i really want to do this again because i like making characters i know not everybody likes that um so should we come up with another prompt and have them ready to go just in case yeah sure let's go for it okay all right, so I came up with the last prompt. So what's your idea? Or do you want me to throw one of the, the ones that I got at you? Because I've got six, so you could roll a die of six, and uh, I could throw one at you. Oh, what do we want to do? Um, four. Four is a Lost Relics Guardian. A Lost Relics Guardian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the next time we do this... That will be our prompt. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with this. Um, and then, like we said before, we'll have the um, art for the character. And I think maybe we can set up a um, like a Google Doc that they could, or folder that they could go in and get the pre-generated D&D Beyond character sheets. 
We might do something like character artwork plus stats or something. Haven't really figured out how these are going on Instagram, but they'll go on Instagram at some point. Yeah, we'll figure that out in between. Well, thanks, you guys, for joining us, especially going through all of these changes with us. They'll probably still be a coming because summer is right around the corner. And who knows yeah, it is. how our publishing schedule is going to change for that. We have been yep. going pretty hard with two episodes basically a week. So that might change in the future um, or it might not. I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. And if there's something that you like or don't like or want to see, please feel free to tell us. If you have suggestions for characters you want to see or prompts you want us to look at, send us those. We would love to, to do that. It can be just a whole bunch of nonsense if you want, or if you know mm -hmm. some good character prompt generator sites and you just want to send us links, we'll take that. Yes. Anything like that you want. If you want to see us make random characters like how we made our characters for Pot Rod, we could also oh, we do, could that, do that too. Where it's not off of uh, off of a theme, just random. I was going to say we could record while we do that, but it's going to be a lot of silence and very boring, so we won't do that. Yes. <laughs> we will not. You wouldn't enjoy it. Um, make sure you stick around for Friday's episode. It's a good one. It's a very it. good one. Yes, you should. So just saying, keep your eyes out Friday at 10 a.m. Um, new episode. And we're getting into meatier parts of the story. Mm hmm. OK, I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Thanks for joining us. We love you. We miss you. We hope to hear from you again or yeah. hear from us again. Love you, lady. Bye bye. Bye. If you have any questions that you're burning to know the answers to, send them to us at joinpartyof2 at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at joinpartyof2. That is the number two. Look for new episodes of Party of Two Roll of the Dice every Friday and Zone of Truth episodes on Tuesday. As always, thanks for listening. Bye! We love you! Mwah. Mwah.